Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Tonight, it's baseball night in San Diego as the Padres get ready to take on the Rockies. And hosting our program, it's Bob Scanlon, which is kind of scary for Blooper. I, I see the sweat dripping down Blooper's face right now. Scared. We're going to get you a, uh, a special fan towel to keep you dry over Thank there, buddy. You. Alongside Bob, it's the legend known as Randy Jones. That's why you've got a Cy Young under your belt. Yeah. That's why your number is retired. The rest but of us mere mortals struggled with hanging and rounding up the crew, it's Bill Center, who also has some legendary skills. Well, in, in a way. I'm actually ambidextrous. Really? You're oh, amphibious? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> You're ambidextrous? I write everything with my right hand and thrill with my left. Oh, that's awesome. Now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Bob Scanlon, Randy Jones, and Bill Center. Hey, let's be honest. If you're looking for the best hour of baseball talk in the entire nation right now, congratulations. There you came to the right place. Are. Welcome to yeah. Padres Social Hour. Alive. Welcome to the couch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. No, you guys are on the couch. Yeah, We're happy to have you, and you're the reason that we have the best program in all of the, all of the nation right now to talk some Major League Baseball. Bob Scanlon with you, along with the Cy Young Award winner, Randy Jones, historian, World recognized historian Bill Center. No, no, no. No, that was acknowledged today. And we're going to. Well, you have Hall of Fame. What? what? Yes, exactly. Hall of Fame stature right here. Now, he's been voting for the Hall of Fame, and he just got elected one of 16 people in the entire world that are going to be a part of the Hall of Fame ERA committee. Bill, congratulations. Yeah, ERA. It's uh, it's a huge honor. But but the big thing is, it means I'm old. (laughs) No, it means you're respected. Is what it means. No, and we're I proud think to you have, have to be old to be able to remember some of that stuff. You know what? Let, let's talk Hall of Fame a little bit later in the show. All right, it's a good because idea. Because that will give us a chance to really get into it. And I want to hear who, who Bill's going to vote for, Randy, who you might vote for and bring it on, uh, you know, some of the old-time guys. Maybe really? some guys that you faced that should be in the Hall of Fame that are getting snubbed. So we can kind of get into that a little bit later in the show. I like that idea. Yeah. Ex- except that Randy actually kept people out of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> exactly. Remember? He was the Hall of Fame That was spoiler. my job, though, right. at that time. What can I say? Hey, we got some interviews today, too. Riley yeah. Westman going to be joining us on the show. Looking forward to talking to Riley. Yeah, former catching instructor for the Padres. Now he's in charge of uh, coordinating the instruction for the Padres, so he's going to talk to us about the instructional league and everything else that's going on. Really interesting year in the minors. Oh, yeah, there's a lot going on. So we'll right. pick his brain a little bit. We're going to talk about facial hair and maybe a player that's not going to join a certain ball club when he's a free agent because what? they won't let him grow his beard. We'll talk about that. But before we get into all that, let's, let's recap last night's ball game, shall we? Okay. And Four to one loss to the Rockies. Randy? Get the pitcher out and you win. Is that what it comes down to? Nah, well, <laughs> Tyler Chatwood did to all the damage. No, it's yeah. true. It is. Yeah. Okay, he did it with his arm. He did a great yeah, eight innings of shutout baseball, and he drove in three runs, was responsible for four of the runs. I mean, did you ever have that situation, Randy, where you actually got beat by the opposing pitcher with the bat in his hand? Not that I can recall. Okay. Now, I've not seen in 10 years it didn't happen, and I should shut that out and not remember. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. You know. Those are the things that Absolutely. you want to short-term memory. Even yes. Perdomo said, I didn't like getting beat by the other pitcher. Yeah. Have you seen anything like that before, Bill, where the pitcher was basically responsible for the in- all, all the runs scored? Well, yeah. Mike Corkins hit a grand slam Yeah, home. I was going to say. Right? Yeah. In a 4 in a four I, nothing I re- win. I remember that. Hit a grand slam a home run. He so could hit, too. Let's take it the other way, Randy. Were you ever the guy responsible for driving in some runs to help your cause? Because let's well, face I did. it. Oh, I did that. Y- you I didn't have much of an offense when you were pitching, so sometimes <laughs> you had to bring in your own runs, didn't you? I did. I remember I uh, my seventh win in 73, my first year when I got called up. You know, I drove in the winning run in Pittsburgh. We won 4-3. to three. And I, I drove in the double down the left field line <laughs> to drive in the run. Nice. Yeah, Doubled? Pretty cool. Yes. 
You so, made it all the way to second. Well, I, hey, I could run now. <laughs> so so after, you, after you did that, did you have to say to yourself, okay, Randy, there's your run. You got it for yourself. Make it stand? No, that's what, that's what Don Zimmer said, my manager. <laughs> <laughs> Sim was the best. Hey, there you go, buddy. Uh, how yeah. long did you have Zim? He was my first big league manager. He was great. Yeah. He was great. How long did you have Zim? I just had him that first year. Really? In 73. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we was, both had him as a rookie. Oh, yeah. He's barking. I loved him. Oh, I good. did too. I Sim mean, was great. You know the thing I loved about Zim? He wasn't just a guy by the numbers. He was actually a guy that went with his baseball gut, something we see less and less nowadays, right? But uh, I, I loved playing for Zim. And when it worked out, he was a genius. And when it didn't, it got him fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah. And then he, but he was a great bench coach. That's what I mean. Then he got smart the and became a bench right. coach. Right. Uh-huh. Maybe the most underrated bench coach because Joe Torre got all the attention for being the manager right. of that club. Rightfully so. I mean, he did a great job, but you know his right-hand man was such a compliment to him right. in terms of you know, all the experience that he had and things that he'd seen and, and you know, giving some little ideas to Joe and on even, that bench. And even things coming from his gut when he was talking to Joe, you know, yeah. he used that, this, those same instincts he used when he was managing. Yeah. No doubt and and whenever they went into the dugout to take a shot of uh, Torre, Zim was right there sitting right next to him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like okay. Yeah. That's Zim great. was the best. Good stuff. Miss him. Miss Good him. man. Hey, let's get back to the ball game just for a second. Now, you talked about the pitcher doing all the damage yesterday. Also, the damage coming on two strikes. So, it was a two-strike mistake to Chatwood to start the first rally. It was a two-strike mistake on the home run to, to Blackman. And mm-hmm. then another two-strike mistake later to Chatwood on the triple that scored two more runs. Two-strike damage, Randy. And, he, and, he, and, I, and I think I, I, I talked to Luis, you know, before I came, came in here. And, yeah. you know, pretty frustrated by the mistakes. Yeah. And the one thing I do have to admit is the young man, he's, he's made a few, elevated a few baseballs. They are mistakes. Yeah. Won't somebody ever foul one back or something? Come on. Somebody miss one one give time? Give the kid a break. <laughs> exactly. Right. Just foul one back. Come on. They, they don't have to score up on every one of them. See, now, from a player's perspective, I always felt like those two-strike, two-out <laughs> damage situations were just exponentially more painful. You know, Bill, do you get that sense also yeah. in watching ballgames? Uh, yeah, I, especially when you're ahead 0-2. And then you throw one. Oh. Oh, that, I mean, those are the ones that just burn pitchers. Yeah. And it, it inspires the other team also. Right. They're like, you well, know what? We had our backs to the wall. We came through. We've got this thing, boys. I remember Tough when Greg Maddox pitched here, and he gave – I can't remember who hit – but he gave up an 0-2 pitch, and it gave up uh, a two-run double on 0-2 pitch. And not only was everybody from the other dugout was looking like, what did we just yeah. see? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's never happened. That never happens. No. Yeah. Greg Maddox getting hurt on a two-strike pitch? Yeah. Unheard of. <clears throat> That is unheard of. <laughs> hey, Alex Dickerson, home run last night. He was one of the shining lights of the ball game yesterday. What, what was impressive to me is the night before he has two hits, both hits coming on off-speed pitches. Last night, the home run coming on a fastball. The more we see of this young man, and, and we've seen him hit at every single level, but for me, he gets more and more impressive in terms of what he's able to yeah. do with the play. And just uh, the swing and understanding how they're trying to pitch him. Yep. And, uh, you know, like lots of things, it, you know, a good fastball, you know, got right out in front, yep. you know. Keeps the hands back well on the off-speed pitches. <laughs> I think it's interesting to watch him. He's got a lot of patience at the he plate. He can hit. I mean, the, the book on him has always been that he can hit. Finding a position for him has been the question. There is no question he can I, hit. Yeah, hide him in right. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, we just saw him right there on that pitch. That's that's not a, a right. cookie. No, that, no. That's a pretty good fastball down no. in the zone. He's still able to go down and get it. Right. Uh, another bright spot lately, uh, Sardinus at shortstop. Hitting very nicely, yes. hitting a little bit more maybe than anybody had anticipated. Uh, Randy, are you seeing some changes that this young man is making at the yeah, plate? I just see him a little more comfortable, okay. a little more confidence. You know, you're seeing, and it just—it's nice to see him out there in the scoring <laughs> position in a lot of those, those you know, spots. That feels good. What they've worked with—it's interesting because he never walked before he got here, and they have really uh, Alan Zinter 
and Bo and uh, Andy have talked to him about you're going to have to draw walks to stay in the major leagues. You're not going to hit enough to really stay up here. And his walks have shot straight up since he's been here. And it sounds like such an easy thing to say, right? right. This is, hey, you got to walk more. you got to be more patient. But let's face it, there are some guys that just aren't born with that in terms of having the, the good eye at the plate. Right. And I think those are the guys that in general are going to be more aggressive because they don't really have command of the strike zone. So for him to make that adjustment, right. not as easy as it sounds. And that is an area where the... Padres have really lacked in recent years. Guys that would get I, on I by something a, other I than a hit. That's going to change at the shortstop <laughs> position. Right. Well, I have I a mean, funny feeling we might have a few, you know, down the minor leagues. Right. That uh, you know might compete for that job. I mean, now you got Jankowski who will draw the walk too. I mean, they, but they, Schimpf will draw the walk. Over the last decade, they haven't had a lot of guys that would walk their way onto the base. But Randy, you faced, I mean, facing guys, you knew which guys actually might eyeball a couple of pitches and which ones you could expand sure. the zone a little Ex bit more exactly. on. Exactly. No matter how much they tried to tell themselves, I'm not going to chase this Randy you, Jones change up out of the zone. There's so many times, but in, in the old days, you know, your number eight hitter. And you know, he's a lot of times shortstop or second baseman, going to hit 210, 213. Yep. And he's just, and he's glove in the infield. That, that you know, but... That's not the case anymore. Right. A lot in, in these scenarios, and then he, he always hit an eight. And I'd, I'd always get nervous. Seven, eight, nine always scared me. You know, in the lineup, don't get lackadaisical. Too many times you see guys right. kind of ease up. You know, now seven, eight, nine, and boy, I was that just scared me. I you can't do it. You got to bear down. Those have got to be the outs. Those that, that's an inning. That's yeah. an inning you get out of. You know. And they're setting the table. You don't get those guys out. Now you got the top of the lineup Ooh, coming man. up, and your inning is getting extended. Your pitches are going up, and it just becomes uh, really challenging at that oh. point. Do you ever think about not hitting a guy like Ron Hunt that when he was standing in there, and you knew he was, you knew he was looking to get plunked? Did you ever think about you know I don't want to hit this guy? I I just remember up in Montreal um, in my first year. And and I started a game up there, and, and Ron Hunt, the second time he came up, started the inning, let off the inning. I think it was like the fourth or the third. But uh, anyways, no, you know, nobody out, nobody out, and I hit him. That was my philosophy, yeah, too. Yeah. My, my theory, Bill, was, you know what? If you want to get hit, then it's not going to be cheap. Yeah, Pat Corrales. I'm going to get, <laughs> get you right in the ring. It's not going to be one of those I elbow over, get you nicked. He's wearing a flak jacket anyway. <laughs> exactly. you, know, you know, he looked like he was about to you know, take off on a jet airplane. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, he, and I remember Pat Corrales was catching me that day. And he goes running out and goes, what'd you do that for? And I said, because everybody else had in the league. <laughs> <laughs> and Pat just shook his head around and went right back. There you go. That's, that's the only reason. That was hardball back yeah. in the day. What the heck? Hey, this is the social hour. We want you to be a part of the show. <laughs> hashtag Padres SH if you want to join us. Hashtag Padres SH. You can also send us an email if you don't want to do the tweet thing. Hey, scan at Cox.net. We're happy to get you on the show. We want to hear what you have to say. Hector Sanchez. Mm. I had a great time watching him last night. For me, it is so fun to watch a catcher, and Riley can talk to this right. later in the show when he comes right. on. His interaction with the pitcher I thought was tremendous, and it's not always verbal. A lot of times it's just a physical, you know? The way he puts down a sign, the way he sets up a target, two-strike situation, the way he taps on the ground, the little things to sort of talk to his, his pitcher. You know, the you guys can talk to way The way he knows just to take a little more time at mm -hmm. certain times and, yep. and, you know, find a different way back to, the, back to his spot when somebody needs a break. It is, it is fun to watch him work. It yeah. is. Well, veteran guys, it, it is, it's enjoyable. You know, you give, him, give him a little bit better. Maybe you got to tap, you know, that 0 2 pitch, you got to tap it three times. <laughs> you know? Maybe three or four times. <laughs> Maybe pick up some dirt and throw it on the ground. Like, come on, get let's it, get this get thing down. down here. Yeah, point. Yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of dirt, 
in a few days, there's going to be some players with some dirt on their jerseys, and the Padres are going to be giving away. It's Shirt Off Your Back Night. Love that night. Love One of my favorite night. giveaways ever. Shirt Off Your Back Night at Petco Park right. from September 19th through the 25th for the 16th annual Shirts Off Their Back Night presented by Sakon Golf Resort. That's where you want to be at the ballpark. Why? Because you can purchase a $1 scratch-off ticket for a chance to win a player-worn Navy Digi Camo jersey. Love those. Ooh, Proceeds benefit the be Padres great. Foundation. Come on out, win yourself a shirt off their back, and uh, bring home a jersey with some Petco dirt on it. We're going to come back. We're going to be talking some more Padres baseball. We're going to talk to Riley Westman when we come back right here on Padres Social Hour. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. Great to have you with us. And we've got a guest joining us right now, a, a gentleman who I actually met two spring trainings ago, and i got to be honest, I don't mean to embarrass you, but <laughs> this is one of the bright spots of the organization. We talk about the young talent that's coming up. This guy is in charge of making sure that these young players reach their exactly. full potential. Exactly. Coordinator of instruction for the San Diego Padres, it Riley Westman. Riley, great to have you with us. Yeah, Thanks for your time. Uh, we Thanks appreciate it. You know, so he and I first met a couple of spring trainings ago, and, and I would get to the ballpark early. I like to watch guys work out, right? So no matter how early I would get to the ballpark, Riley is already out there with a crew of catchers, three to five yeah. guys, with the machine out there going through different drills. Beating and I'd just sit him. back there and just watch all these different drills that he was doing. And, and with this excitement, because guys aren't that excited to be out there at 6 o'clock in the morning well, at spring was. training. He was, and he got his I players to be excited as well. It was I so fun that. to watch. I yeah. remember that. You were out there the crack of dawn every day, though. Yeah, <laughs> but it was fun. part of the reason was I loved coming out and watching what you were doing with those young guys and, and making the organization better. Riley, you came over from the Texas Rangers a couple of years ago uh, as a catching coordinator. Now you've transitioned over to this uh, – in, in charge of the instruction of the minor leagues at this point. Tell us about that change and what you're doing for the organization now. Um, yeah, last year I was the coordinator of catching, and um, this year my my role has changed a little bit in the fact that I think this offseason Sam Ganey and Louis Ortiz went out and kept a lot of very strong coaches that we have, but we also went out and acquired some new coaches. And I think with that, with you know the help of Andy Green, AJ Preller, I think we wanted you know similar sense of direction throughout the entire system. And as I travel around, fortunately, we you were talking about yesterday, we had some really good people, and a lot of it is positive reinforcement. But I think as we go around the system, to be able to bounce ideas off our coaches or make sure we're staying in line with what our coordinators want. So my involvement is very heavily with uh, our coaches at every level and making sure that we're implementing you know the plans that we want. We're following you know. Padres protocol and our voice is kind of similar throughout the system. Well, I was I, I talked earlier in the, in the season, you know, when I when I got down there in spring training and saw the talent we had that's going to do the instructing that finally I thought the Padres had, had, had made that turn. They, they can actually develop talent, prepare these kids to be, you know, ready for the big things when they get here. You know, they can walk right in. It's, it's the same fundamental things. It's the same plays, everything else. They, they've been doing it since they were in A-ball. And it's the first time I've seen that. And with all the talent now that we've acquired, you know, really you know, right now and what we're going to have. I'm with you. I mean, via trade, the draft and the international signings. Right. Towards the middle of this summer and you're sitting there looking across the diamond and you're seeing what's on your side where a year ago you're thinking, all right, we've got to have good performance today. But now it's like our boys are ready to roll. Like I like this side of the, line, the diamond a lot better than that side who we're matching up against. It's yeah, and, and now, like I said, there's going to be expectations on these players, and there's going to be enormous competition with the talent you have. You know, and that's going to motivate guys, you know, to, to play better. Absolutely. And on the other side of the coin, it's going to motivate these coaches to be better because now you've got all this talent 
they better step up and get it done. No, you're right I on. I like it. No, you're right on. You know, competition is going to – somebody's going to rise to the top for everybody. You I know, one that. of the things that was so impressive to me last year when we were talking is you were in charge of the catchers, basically. But the attention that you put into these guys, and we already talked about the physical training, but there was the mental side of it as well. And I know you had a manual that you put together for these young catchers, uh -huh. and, and you just took it to a different level in terms of challenging these guys to ask themselves, what am I doing to help my pitchers? What am I doing to help make myself better? And I assume that you've been able to carry that over now to the rest of the organization as well. You know, I think RJ said it. I mean, we've really dumped a lot of talent into our system, but if we truly want to be special, I mean, the mindset of an Andy Green, if you sit down and speak with him for five minutes, you can tell he's on a different level. I mean, he is a very, you know, high-level thinker, and what he's going to ask out of his major league player is it's going to be a guy that can make decisions. It's going to be a guy that can read a defense. It's going to be a guy, you know, that can make adjustments in the course of a game. So I think everything that you're saying is going to be a, a heavy focus for what we're going to do in instructional league this year is it's going to be, it's going to be fast-paced. It's going to be competition, but We've got to make these guys think. We've got to put them in game situations. You know, we've got to try to make it difficult you know, so the game is easier. But I think you're on point with that. Well, and, and also, you know, like, you know, you always, we always joke, hey, well, is the guy coachable? You know, and, and we always say that. But also, everybody has a different pace to be sure. coachable. And you pick up on that mental aptitude yeah. and where that young man is and where yeah. he's at. And you know how fast you can push him into an area. And other guys, maybe you've got to be a little bit slower. The other guys, let's talk about a fast track. That's what it is. If you can handle it, the instruction, it's going to be better. And that's part of your scouting department also that's is making right. sure that you're handing guys over to the instructional guys of saying, hey, here's a guy that not only has the talent, but there's some ceiling there to try to get yep. better. So they got to work hand in hand. Hey, you mentioned instructional league. It's going to be starting up here pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, t tell us a little bit about what you have planned and who's yeah. going to be out there. And, and you said the scouting department, Mark Connor and his staff. I mean, the guys that wait, they went out and signed in this draft period for us couldn't be more exciting. So, but yes. Uh, instructs. I'm flying out tomorrow. Uh, coaches are going to get in there. We're going morning meetings early, and then we're going to be rocking and rolling yeah. from there. But we're bringing in about 35 position players and about 35 pitchers, so a grand total of 70. And uh, a lot of boys are hitting up the phones, excited to get there. You know, <laughs> what, what's the first thing we're doing? You know, who's going to be there? What's our rooming list? Um, we're excited to be getting those boys out I, there. Yeah, I'd love to get over there to see some of these. Are you going to be working kids. with them also, Randy? Are you going to be I, out there? Well, I'm going to try to get over there for we're a few We're stealing them. Nice. I mean, I'd love to. Yeah. You no, know? Hey, you know what? We love having you on that spot <laughs> on the couch. But if you're going to make the boys better, you know, well, that's you know, the first things first. He has talked to the boys. <laughs> you see where some of them are at. It would be, be very intriguing to see them watch yeah. the bullpen, see where they're at. No doubt. So you got 70 guys coming in is that about the norm more than normal less than normal or um i would say it's a little bit more than last year but i also think again our depth is you know there's 70 lot. guys that justify having uh, them out exactly there. i mean you're looking yeah. at the list and we do want it to be specific to our player we you know we want to be able to have coaches impact you know our players and not have the numbers be too large but we're looking at that list and as we're going down there's not a single name that we feel that we can take off there all those guys deserve to be there and we think a lot of them are going to be a big part of our it future. scans what i really like this whole coach and the whole approach you know, and, and, and I know you mentioned, A.J. even mentioned this, that I don't care if you're drafted number one or if you're drafted number 30 in the 35th round. Right. You're all here. You know, everybody's going to get you know, the same attention. Hey, and they got the guys that step up and can play, they're going to be here. It doesn't matter where you got drafted. You know, that is so refreshing to hear I that know. approach. Because I love we that. all know that in certain organizations, it's all about covering your tail, right? This guy was drafted high. We've mm. spent a lot of money on him. This is the guy that we've yeah. got to make work. And there's another 100 guys in your organization that maybe don't get the attention they deserve or to find out how good they can be. Sounds like that's not nobody's going to be slipping through the cracks. Not at all. I mean, <laughs> you hit it right on point. Yeah, I, I mean, love uh, it. Our GM looked these kids in the eye on day one when they got out there in Arizona as soon as they all arrived and it was like, we're going to love each and every one of you and we're going to love you equally. It doesn't matter if you 
you were the first guy or if we got you out of independent ball. You know, come to work for us, give us your heart, you know, and we'll, we'll move from there. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, it's the social hour, right? So people want to tweet in and, and have some questions yeah. for you. We we're talking catching. We've got the catching expert right here. So each village, East Village Times was sending us a tweet. Hey, Norris, Hedges, Bethancourt, Sanchez. Potters have depth at vital position. Great thing to have. What's AJ going to do? I mean, nice problem to have. <laughs> Normally you don't have enough catchers in your organization. That is a good problem to have. I agree with you. And every name that you named on there, I mean, they bring a, a, a little bit something different, you know, to the table. I mean, you talked about Sanchez earlier. I mean, the experience that he has being in two World Series and, you know, being part of some of those successful teams. Norris, the durability that he has, the offensive, you know, player that he has the potential to be, you know, the receiver that he's become and the excitement of having, you know, Austin Hedges in the season that he, he has had. I mean, he's an elite defender who can do a lot of special things, and the, the bat has really come to life for him this year. And I would assume there's got to be maybe a couple of names down in the minor leagues that have an opportunity to develop into, you know, Major League Baseball players. Absolutely. Austin Allen is one left-handed hitter who just absolutely dominated the first half of the season in Fort Wayne, and then recently we just promoted him as of late up to double-A to finish the season. A.J. Kennedy, a premium receiver for us. Jose Lazama down in the Arizona League. But there's a lot of names that are coming. We talked about how they're trying to train the players to be better. And I know there's also been some work in trying to get the coaches to be doing some things differently as well. And part of that I've heard is sort of more interaction with the players and having more of a personal relationship with them as well. How's that coming along? You know, that's something our leadership group has really asked of us to focus on is if we're truly going to impact these guys, the better that you can relate with them and understand how they're going to receive your message and know who they are because they're all different, similar to, you know, us. Yeah. You know, really spend time with them, know them, invest yourself in them. And when it's time to deliver that message or ask something of them or motivate them to another level, the relationship you have with them is really going to carry a lot of weight. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like, like you're talking about the, you know, the number one, number two draft picks and they go out there and give up eight earned runs, and you get a pat on. That's okay. No, you know, <laughs> and something that's not okay. You know, and, and and I think that you understand that. Sure, you learn. You, the only way you really get good at this game is by failure. Yeah, that's how you get good. You make a mistake, and you don't do it again. Right. You know, and then that's the key. That's the key, and also having trust in those coordinators, those instructors, so that when they do say, and by the way. How are you holding that slider? Yeah, you know, there you go. Well, you know, what, what do you, what do you, what's your approach when you're coming up to the plate? And for a player to have the confidence of being able to, to yeah. confide in that guy and work on things together, that's a huge part of well, it. Well, it's just like you get video of you know hitters and stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see a good left-handed hitter and those hands move right there. Yeah. I used to watch for that. You know, when I pitched, that's all I needed for your. If your hands move there, <laughs> you're out. Yeah. You know, but if your hands went that way. You know, I'm going, uh-oh. That's, yeah, yeah, right. right, That's right. the attention <laughs> to detail stuff right there. And That's you talk right. about knowing your player. Like, you've had different catchers along your career, you know. It's like different guys are going to come out and handle you different ways. You know, I might come out and, like, you know, Bob, I'm going to reinforce him. And, you know, hey, you're the best. And, you know, RJ, I'm going to get in his butt a little bit. You know, yep. you got to know who you can push, who you can That's prop. That's right. Yeah. So and that's the same thing these coaches got to do. And they, if you have a personal level, though, you can interact with them like that. Yeah. You know who you can push a little bit more than the guy. And, like I said, you don't push them. You, you, you it's a disservice. You're doing them a favor when you push them and try to make them better. Yep. And the, sooner or later down the road, if their career's long enough, they'll thank you for it. Exactly. They really will. But that brings up a great point. And, Riley, obviously, it's always an ebb and flow. When does it become too much for a guy? You know, I mean, there, there's also a point at the end of a long season, some of these kids maybe need a little bit of a break. How do you guys sort of judge that in terms of you – know, this guy needs two or three months off more than he needs two or three more months of instruction. I think you bring up a, a perfect point. I think that's where we as instructors got to come back and put our heads together and kind of collaborate. Hey, we all know this guy. It's a game of failure as it is. We want to deliver the message, but are we beating him down to a point? Are we, you know, dumping too much information on him? 
you know. But uh, I think that's something where we constantly got to be talking to each other and be taking each other's input on, hey, does he need more? Do we back off a little bit? Do we change the approach? Do we just let him compete today? And I think that's where we got to be in tune with where we kind of change our message. But that's a good point. Sounds great. Hey, can you stick around for another segment? Yes. We'd love to have you. All, All right. right. We're going to take right. a quick timeout. Riley's going to stick around. We're going to talk some more baseball with him. Hey, World Baseball Classic. It's coming to Petco Park. Love it. 2017 World Baseball Classic is coming to Petco Park March 14th through the 18th. Don't miss your chance to see the world's best baseball players compete right here. Visit worldbaseballclassic.com for more information today. Don't miss out on it. And don't miss out on our next segment right here on Padres Social Hour. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. Glad you're joining us for this next segment. Riley Westman also joining us, sticking around and actually get to slide over. You're getting a chance to see the entire set. Feel a different couple of areas on the couch. <laughs> the next segment, you're <laughs> yeah. going to be sitting here. There we go. That's where you draw that's the line. no part of that. No. All right. You know what? It's time for Pacifico down on the farm. It's time for us to talk about the Padres minor leagues. And, of course, we have Bill Center that's going to be our expert on that. And Riley Westman, the coordinator of instruction. They've got the uh, music going. <laughs> Very nice. That's our sign. It's time to talk about the farm. Bill. Okay. Bunch of young, bunch of good young players going on right, right well, now. Rudy Harone. Let's start Rudy with him. Rudy Actually, very interesting, Riley, because he really sort of struggled this year at Fort Wayne when he was held back for the second year. He, I mean, he really did well at uh, 2015 Fort Wayne. Yeah. Struggled th- a little bit this year. They promote him when Javi Guerra goes down with an injury. And he hits 426 for the la- over the last three weeks of the season. I mean, he did. You, you hit it right on the nose. A year ago, he had a tremendous year there in Fort Wayne. Um, we brought in Javi, wanted to kind of have both those guys be premium shortstops, play every day. So we left Rudy there in Fort Wayne. He did struggle at the beginning of this year, but took it in stride. I mean, showed up to the ballpark, was a professional every day, stuck with his routine. And I have to believe that paid off for him when he reported Lake Elsinore because he took off. 19. 19 is the big number. Right, and 19, which also right. is a great example of not only are you trying to handle this kid physically of where he's capable of being, but also the emotional side. And as you mentioned, you're sending him back down to a league that he'd already competed against. So when you're right. in those meetings, is there much discussion about, hey, this guy actually might handle it better, this guy might not take it as well, even though physically he might be ready for the next level? How much uh, of that's in there? I think absolutely. And as, as we kind of spoke earlier, like truly know that player. Yeah. You know, different guys are going to respond differently. But, I mean, as the staff and the organization knows Rudy, He's a great kid. He's a tremendously hard worker. And we, we also wanted to let him know that this is in no way a slight on your performance or the person that you are. We, we value you. We want you to play every single day. We want you to pencil in at shortstop, and we don't want you to split time with somebody else. And that's ultimately what he wanted Had for him. Had to be a little bit hard for him, though, to see the other teenager, Luis Urias, go on and really play well, so well at Lake Elsinore that he's the California League Rookie of the Year and MVP at 19. Yeah, definitely was. I mean, Louie went on and did some tremendous things this summer. But I think, um, you know, in Rudy's defense, like, you know, I think he took it as a professional. But you're right. That had to be frustrating. And you almost kind of can go into it as, man, this is not a win-win for him. Or it's a lose-lose because even if I do well, I'm supposed to, you know, because I did so well, the, you know, the previous summer. Right. But, I mean, again, he was a true professional. And when we did give him the promotion – like he a shining off. star, yeah. Right. I mean, he, he took, took off and responded, and he proved that that's where he needed to be. Now, do you think that's because emotionally he just felt like, hey, here's my chance. I've been waiting. The door's open. Kick it in type thing? Or what, 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 what happened there? Um, I wouldn't say that I know the answer for certain. I think, you know, he's a competitor, and I think when it was his chance to show what he was made of and, you know, what's he, what's he capable of, he showed it, you know, clear as day. He yeah, did have a nice bounce in his step. But and it's, a, yeah. it's a long season. I mean, it is a long season. And on those buses – 
dealing with what you're dealing with. And sometimes you just need that little spark of just saying, hey, a little change of pace. You know, it just kicks it in for you sometimes. He was. He was bouncing around out there. I was just there <laughs> in this, uh, the last couple of games, and we were in a 5-4 ball game in the ninth. And it was a ball hit up the middle that if it squeezes through, the runner on first is probably going to go first to third. He lays out full extension, flips from his backside, turns the double play to end the ball game. Nice. And it just kind of like that's <laughs> the exclamation point of like, hey, you deserve to be here. All right, very nice. Hey, Eric Yardley, he's having a nice season as well. What, what can you tell us about Eric, Bill? Uh, funky delivery to begin with. I mean, he's a, he's a submariner all the way. Uh, I love that picture right there. You just know he's coming from way <laughs> oh, yeah, down under yeah. from Laredo. <laughs> uh, went last year at, uh, at Lake Hills North, this year San Antonio, and he was one of the relievers who, who were promoted to El Paso. And at the end of the year, they had a lot of fresh young arms in the uh, bullpen at El Paso. Eric was one of them. Three appearances last week, no hits, went in five and two-thirds innings. Yeah, I mean, you hit it. There's a ton of deception there. He's a guy that after bullpens or after the game, you love getting with the catcher, and the catcher's like, picking it up out of his hand is tough. <laughs> I mean, there's so much sink, and the infielders know, hey, I'm going to get a lot of work today. Right. There's going to be some ground balls coming my way. I saw him last year at Lake Elsinore in a game, and he walks two guys, and he hits a guy, loads the bases with nobody out, and strikes out the next three. Really? <laughs> it was like, okay, this is weird. Got hey, himself out of his own gym. Right. Yeah, now, so guys that are coming from that angle – Obviously, when you first see him, very deceptive. How do you keep a guy like that continuing to be deceptive, especially against left-handers as a right-handed submariner? You know, I think RJ talked about it earlier. It's like when you're living down in the zone, no matter what, you're going to have success. So it's like True. I think for the focus of that catcher to be able to give that low target, know that some sink is coming, and, you know, for the lefties, he, he, he's able to throw some stuff that's going to run away from them. They're going to run out of some bat. But at the same time, like he – can hammer the bottom part of the zone. He can mix them off speed in there to keep them off balance. So, you know, that with the change of speed and deception, he's got some good stuff. How do you work with your catchers working with a guy like that? I mean, because you've got to get underneath the ball and frame it a little bit better. Is there anything to try to help your catchers to help him in the course of a ball game? I think for the catcher to know, you know, first and foremost, they're back there for that pitcher. And every skill set that, that pitcher is going to bring to you, I need to be able to emphasize and, you know, highlight what he's doing. So yep. I think for Yardley especially, Give a low target. Make sure you're working underneath everything because he's going to live in the bottom part of that zone. And what he gives me, i got to be able to sell for a strike and be able to present the best I can. I'm not going to try to trick anything, but i got to present it, and I'm going to work for him. Hey, hashtag Padres SH. If you got a question for Riley Westman or Bill Center about the farm, what's going on in the minor leagues, now's the time to do it. Speaking of the Chihuahuas, they're in the playoffs. It's fun time they're, in they're El Paso one, right they're now. They're one win away from advancing to the next or to the PCL championship series took Tacoma out last night seven right. to nothing I believe they're up on the series two to one beat an old Padre yesterday by the way yeah, Wade, Wade LeBlanc, LeBlanc right? yeah got another one tonight so Joe, Joe, Joe Whelan right yeah so but hey uh starting pitchers last two days uh, Walker Lockett which is somebody I think we both agree amazing story this year well, we interviewed him season. on the show yeah right. he shared that great starts story with the us. season in Fort Wayne and winds up in El Paso yep. wins a playoff game and Brian Rodriguez last night Two starting pitchers last two nights at El Paso, one run in 11 and a third innings. That's what sort of got them where they are. Very nice. First round of the playoffs. Assuming they take care of Tacoma, who's, who's next on the depth chart? Do you have any idea? Um, Nashville you know? or Nashville's up in that series. Yeah, I they're up. They could clinch tonight also, They correct? could clinch tonight also. You know, this begs the question for me because it's all about development versus winning, and there's a lot of debate of which is more important. Both are important, are they not? I and think part winning, of learning, right? Winning's part of development. E exactly. You got to know, know how to win games and, and 
bring home the trophy, right? You don't want to ride the fence on that, but I think they absolutely go hand in hand because right. if you are playing to win, the development process in that is taking you to a place to win. So, And in the course of winning baseball games, to put certain pitchers and players in the environment of playing in the playoffs or you know, tight situations, that's part of development, and that requires winning. So like, those go hand in hand. I agree with you 100%. I mean, there are going to be diamonds wherever you go, but and some are going to be on losing teams, but to have a chance to win and perform in that in that platform to me is just as important as anything else. Riley, with the level of talent that the Padres now have down in the minor leagues, are we going to see more teams uh, not just win, but sort of guys that move along as a unit from A ball to double A, from double A to triple A, and so they'll really be cohesive in terms of their approach on the field? You know, I think you hit it earlier. I kind of as a lot of these players are going to let us know, you know, each one of them will kind of be ready to progress at a different speed. But I think we have dumped a lot of guys in our system that you watch them go out and compete every night and you see they're just yeah. beating the guy across from them. They're, you know, raising their level of play. So yeah. I would have to expect that, yes, some of these guys are going to travel through the system faster than others. But at the same time, like if a guy's scuffling and he needs to remain and get some more experience there, then we will do that. But the guy goes out and he says, hey, loud and clear, I'm ready for the next level. We're going to push that guy and see what he's capable of. You know, I've been following the Padres farm system for longer than I care to remember. <laughs> and it seems to me that this year you had more upward movement of players. I mean – Lockett, all four levels. Yeah. Uh, LeMay, uh, all th I mean, th there are a number of three. Uh, Razabon. Right, Razabon. A lot of young relievers all of a sudden. Uh, Matten, Razabon. I mean, they're players have moved this year, like Austin Allen, who you talked about, low A to double A. Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, it's very unusual to see that in this organization. Well, and it's the way that it's happening. It's not because you've got guys that are underperforming or blowing no. out and you're forcing guys up to levels they're not ready at because you have to fill a void. It's yeah, you're absolutely this right. This guy's ready to play. Right. He's ready for the next level. You know, that, that's I a much healthier way of having it happen. The other thing to me that I noticed this year is two years ago, I hate to say this, but the Dominican team was almost a disaster. They they. Um, I think they won 10 games all year. <laughs> and yeah, this was. year, all of a sudden, there are a lot of guys like uh, Rosario yeah. jumped to the Arizona League. Under one other, and, and it's like there are players now in the Dominican. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think they set a, uh, an organization record this year in wins. And so it was a very exciting year for them down there in the program. And Igwe Rosario that came over is really kind of established himself over there in Arizona. And we got to take nice a break, job. but real quickly, he knows something about Dominican. You managed down there I when did. he first started. <laughs> yeah, Welcome to professional That's baseball right. as a coach. You got the Dominican League. That was home away from <laughs> home for a while. So you're right That's on. That's a fun way to start. Yeah. Very good. Riley, thanks for the time. It was great having you on. It's great a pleasure being here. Ball. Thank great you guys covering very the, much. Uh, minor leagues right there. Pacifico doing the report down on the farm. Pacifico, a rich logger born in Mazatlan. Brought home by surfers, now waiting you to be discovered right here in San Diego. Discover Pacifico. We've got more baseball talk coming up on Padres Social Hour. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. I'm telling you, it doesn't get any better than this. Best baseball talk in the nation right now. We just had Riley Westman joining us along with Randy Jones. We had Bill Center both talking with Riley. Hey, I, Does that give you some comfort in knowing a guy like that is actually running our minor leagues and making sure the instruction oh, is Especially when he walks in here right. with oh. ostrich boot, cowboy boots on. If you didn't notice, man, come on. Yeah. Hey. No, he, he's tremendous. Right. I mean, that, that gives you the, the confidence that well, you need. Well, it gives you the idea of the energy. And right. And, and that's what you, that whole 
scenarios no, change. Taking it to a different level, oh. wh- which they which they need to. No, and no the number of miles those guys put it because I exchange a lot of emails with Sam Ga- Ganey over the course of the year. Yeah, and it's always oh, you're Fort Wayne today, and and the next day you're in the Dominican. Now you're back in Arizona. Yeah. No, they, they, they work yeah, hard. They it's year-round, and A.J. Right. has it no other way. That's one of the That's reasons right. he hand-selects the people that right. are part of this organization. If you don't have the work ethic that he has, which means that you're up at 2 or 3, three in the morning, forget it. Well, hey. <laughs> you're not going to be part of things, right? Hey, That's you know what? It's time to put you gentlemen on the hot seat. Yeah, the Cholula. Are you ready? So the Cholula, Cholula hot seat. Getting a little toasty over there? Yeah, right. Well, well we're going to start saying toasty up. anytime you're around Brandy. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, we're going to start out with some accolades. Bill Center, congratulations. Oh. Elected to the Hall of Fame ERA committee, not right. error committee, ERA, E-R-A, which means that you guys actually, it used to be the old Veterans Committee, did it not? Yes, it used to be, and they changed the name, and now they work in four different elements every year. They rotate uh, yeah. from the early years. This, I, I think this year we're working on players 1988 and uh, Now, is, will this committee make a decision on uh, potentially possibly someone getting in into the Hall of Fame? Right. Well, it takes a, it's, it's the same thing as the Hall of Fame. The committee you have to have three quarters of the vote from the committee to reach the Hall of Fame. So, okay. Okay. So, so he's, he's a, a muckety muck now, Randy. We've got to we got to have even more respect Man. for Bill than we used to have. I, I'm, I know <laughs> it's I know hard to do. He's going to put that. You on know what this means? It means I'm old. You know what? You're only one of 16 people in the world that have this distinction. Right. Bill, well, so from the baseball writers. No pressure. Right. The no baseball pressure. writers. There are also other. <laughs> Members, but I want a 16 for the baseball. Right, you're the people that have seen the most. So, all right, right so here you're on the hot seat. That's because exciting. Yeah, I like that. Randy, I'm going to put you on the committee here for the next couple of minutes. Ooh. And I want to find out who you think is an overlooked former Major League player that should be in the Hall of Fame. You're on the era committee now with Bill. Who are you voting for? Gil Hodges should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree, but I, I got I, somebody I, ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Blooper's raising his hands over here. Oh. Blooper, is that who you had? I told him Gil Hodges, and he told me no because I wanted him. <laughs> I, 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 but, well, that is the reason why I would keep Gil off is because <laughs> yeah. Blooper so was. messed up. <laughs> Alan Trammell. Whoa. Good call. I Alan, agree 100%. Alan Trammell was Ozzie Smith without the backflip. I agree. Or the summer with a little bit more twenty-year career, two eighty-five batting average, right. multiple All-Star, yeah, World Series MVP, World right. Series MVP, an, an amazing guy. You talk about a great ambassador for the game. Oh. And I was fortunate; I got a chance to play with Tram his final year. And you know how sometimes the veteran guys can get a little bit curmudgeonly oh, no. at yeah. the end of the year, a little crusty. He was the exact opposite. No, I, he I, was so engaging, and he was all about, you know, what? it's my last year, but it's not about me. It's about me being able to share something with you to make you a better baseball I player. I could never understand how the, the divergence in votes between Ozzie Smith and Trammell on the ballot yeah. uh, because they were, I mean, Trams had better uh, offensive stats, no question, uh, and he was just as good defensively, or not just as good, Really close defense. He was really close. Right. He, he was good. He's right. solid, dependable. Do, do you think that the fact that he played as long as he did actually ended up hurting him? Because if he retires three or four years earlier, his batting average is much closer to 300. He right. had multiple seasons of hitting over 300. Right. And, of course, the last few years, older, batting average is low, brings the numbers down. and leaves just sort of this impression of, you know, not the superstar that he was in his heyday. Any effect, do you think, Bill? Oh, I think I think a couple things had effect. I think there was tremendous turnover in the voters and the baseball writers, and some of the young voters hadn't seen Trammell. That's at his a great peak. call. That and really is and true. it was really sort of sad because I talked to voters, I talked to some voters, and like, well, I didn't really see him play that much. 
It's like, you're kidding me. Oh, but I remembered Ozzy doing the flips and stuff. Right. It's like, you know, whoa. Now, different years, the committee will have different eras yes, to decide yes, upon. Right. Okay. And, and, it, and some of it goes all the way back to the 20s when I first started seeing baseball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I just wanted to beat you to the punch yeah. that because I knew I, it was coming. I hate that when you do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and, but uh, the, the, 20, the uh, 20s to World War II and then after World War II, and then uh, there's, there's four segments. Very yeah. nice. You know, my vote might be for Ted Simmons, another name that I think maybe got Ooh, to put in the hopper. Really good call. Yeah. That's a really Ooh. good call. You know, speaking of Alan Trammell, he's actually going to be on the postgame show later tonight with Kurt Pavacqua. So, there you go. that as well. Hey, Tram's so. a great guy. Yeah. Tram's, a, Tram's a really classic He's awesome. Baseball, man. Nice job in the hot seat, gentlemen. Brought to you by Cholula. Got to love Cholula. Uncapped Thank real you. flavor with Cholula hot sauce. The hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. More baseball talk coming up right here. Padres Social Hour. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Oh, more great baseball talk coming up right now. Welcome yeah. back to Padres Social Hour. Hashtag Padres SH if you want to join us in the conversation. Randy, Bill, so far, we've had a lot of fun. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah good, guess good day. what? It is time to get to the lineups today. Ooh, are you? All right, right. Wait, United Airlines brings I, us yeah, the lineup. I Starting lineup is brought to you yeah, by United Airlines, proud partner of the San Diego Padres. Here's what we got. Travis Jankowski covering center field. John Jay, good to see him back in the lineup again. He'll be in right. Will Myers at first base. Down here with Slarte over at third. Alex Dickerson with the long ball. Last night's ball game will be on left. Ryan Schimpf at second base. Derek Norris doing the catching. Glad that his wrist is okay after he got an x-ray the other day. He's back in there. Luis Sardinius over at shortstop. Christian Friedrich trying to get a win. It's been a little while. He'll try to get it again tonight. There's your lineup. Ooh. And now it's time to put you guys on the Supercuts uh, challenge. Actually, it's going to be Bill. But first, we have to decide who won last night's challenge. Ooh. It was Travis Jankowski versus Luis Perdomo. Neither Ooh. guy was exactly exceptional. However, I will say this. I'm going to go with Travis Jankowski. Ah. And the reason is... He had the three strikeouts, but he did have a walk. Anybody that gives up all those runs on two strikes like we were talking about, Randy, I'm I, sorry. That's I'm just sorry. tough to, to, to overlook. And I right. loved Jankowski laying out on that triple Trying by Chatwood. He right. tried, man. Well, he ran. Man. He covered hey, some ground. He, he got get, green. He got so close. He did. Playing in right. with a pitcher yep. up. And, yep. man. I so disagree with all that. of this. Oh, which means that Blooper obviously picked Perdomo. He Sorry, lost. Blooper. You know what this means now. Look at this. It's under double digits. Single digits. Blooper is falling apart here down the stretch. He's like the Giants in the second half. Worst and record in baseball. Whoa, oh, man, he's giving me the evil eye. Throw him under the <laughs> I love it. I like it. I All right, like so, but Blooper, I think you get some redemption today or at least well, a chance to try to write first it. Pick. First pick. First pick. What do you got? I'm going to go with Ryan Schimpf. Ryan Schimpf. Ooh. He's going with Schimpf. Ooh, that's pretty good. That that's not pretty a bad good, call. Bill. I don't think that somebody – I don't think Friedrich can lose 12 games in a row. I'm going to go with Christian Friedrich. Really? Yeah. You know, there was wow. a, a gentleman sitting in this room that actually went 11 games without chalking up a win back in 1974. He ended up losing 22 games that I season. I know. That's right. So I don't know if you have any flashbacks. Hey, hey, he was the unluckiest guy <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Uh, That's now, a wait a second. I, I remember I only shut out 10 of those. Come right. on, guys. I know, exactly. Right. I, I understand, man. It was what tough. Was the, what was the uh, – they didn't really keep that uh, – the uh, the score, the – Pitchers. No, no, that, that's, yeah, that no. was TMI in the old days. Because you would have you would have had the uh, yeah, you would have led the national. Hey, but you know what? He turned things around nicely. A couple years later, he wins 24 games and wins the Cy Young Award. Yeah, so hey, that hey, does help. Super Cuts would have won 27. 
guys. <laughs> Let's not go there. Come on now. <laughs> it's getting That's ugly. Insider the low blows. Hey, insider let's keep it above the belt. I'm sorry, yeah. Randy. You've got to keep it above the belt. That's right. Hey, it's super cuts. They pay attention <laughs> to every detail of the cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find a Supercuts near you at supercuts.com or Padres Social Hour. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. Padres Social Hour, final segment. We've got 90 seconds. We're going to go right to a tweet. James E. Clark wants to know, hey, seems unusually cheery today. Did someone get him a Facebook page or something talking about you, Bill? Bill, did you get your Facebook going? Oh, you know. Did you get it going? (laughs) He's still not up. We got in this little happy lane. You know, we've tried tried for three years. All right, so that's not happening yet. You're not there. Okay, quick question before we go. Final one. Andrew Kastner saying he's not going to pitch for any team that doesn't allow him to grow a beard. What's up with that? Randy, hey, are you on hey, board with it? Hey, yeah, sure, I'm buying it. Really, you have no problem with I it. Got no, see, no, I got no problem with a team saying you can't have facial hair. That's, I don't have no problem. But, but you're going to walk away from $40 million so that you can grow your beard? Is the beard that important? Did you see the picture of him without a beard? <laughs> He's, he uh, needs the beard. It might be worth $40 million to keep that beard, man. <laughs> Uh, oh man! That's not, you know, that's not the, it's the era thing. of the beard. Hey, I remember he's Raleigh. Got, he's got a right, and the team has a right to say we're not. Absolutely. Hey, Raleigh Fingers. Remember, he, he retired because he joined Cincinnati. Yeah, right. The and they would, they would, he they would not shave that mustache. Got to have Panabar mustache. Hey, glad you joined us. 5:40, first pitch. Christian Friedrich's going to be going Go after Padres. the win against John Jay, John Gray. Go Padres tomorrow, 12 o'clock, right here. I'll be in the host chair. Bill Center and Chris O will be joining us. Have a great evening, everybody. Go Padres. <laughs>